Good evening. Welcome, welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business on every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. until 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. My name is Jack Mancini, and I'm a business coach with Maximum Value Partners. And I'm here with my partner, my long-term business partner, Adam Sunhalter. And uh, we are, again, business coaches with Maximum Value Partners. We deal with companies that are small, from 1 to 25 employees. Very few good advisors are out there who deal with companies that size. But we're there, and that's all that counts. You know, I was just looking over some quick numbers before I introduce my uh, esteemed colleague, my co-host, Adam. But uh, what do you think? In fact, I'm going to introduce Adam first, and I'll ask him this question. Uh, Adam, (laughs) good evening. How are you tonight? Good evening, Jack. (laughs) Good evening. I'm fantastic, thank you. Welcome. Fantastic is pretty good. So here I am. So you got a question for me? I do. Okay. What's the mode of this? This is a Wall Street article, a little clip out here, all right? Wells Fargo Bank did a study on entrepreneurs and the reasons that they became entrepreneurs to strike out on their own. What do you think the biggest reason is, percentage-wise? They, they asked several questions about why entrepreneurs struck out and started their own business. Why do they start their own business? So what's the number one motivator for doing their own thing? Right. How about controlling their own time? That's not too bad, but that's the third most important. Third most important. Secure financial future. And you stop and think about it, that's the number one, 69%. That's, that's, so almost 70% of the people there secure their financial future. That's why they form little companies. And I think I'd agree with that. We talked many times through the years about you know, the security that one gets if they know how to run a business, because the product itself in that business is very transferable. So if you understand how to get sales, the concept of that, you understand a little bit about marketing, you understand about how to run a financial statement, et cetera, et cetera, you can be pretty secure versus that big job that you have with that big corporation. Most people would advise little Johnny coming out of college to get a job with the big corporation and secure his future. We know that that's a lot of hoopla. What it is, basically, if you know how to run a company, you have security. If you're counting on a big company to, or, or a company to provide your future, your, uh, your future is basically held in the hands of that company and layoffs, et cetera, demise of a company, those things can uh, certainly impede a healthy future. I'm going to ask you a couple more on this. What do you think the worst one or the lowest one is? Why do people generally move on to entrepreneurship and they do it for this last one, which is 15%. They you won't, you won't guess this. They you won't fired. guess this one. No, this was a tough one. This is to pursue a hobby. That's the least desirable reason. Wait, a hobby? It's not a business. Well, no, no, to pursue a hobby, so they start a small business. They become an entrepreneur on the surface but they're playing around with their hobby. They like to sharpen knives. So they can make money with their <laughs> hobby. Well, m- maybe. That's, well, okay, we, well, we define once you, as we, we usually define once you have revenue, you sell for the first time. It's not a hobby anymore. It becomes a business at that point. It's no. only a hobby once you haven't sold anything. Well, that's true. That's true. But they, okay, so they, they're turning their hobby into a business. 
So that's the, that's the least likely reason for doing it. And the second reason for doing it, going back up to the top again, is to be your own boss. So those are just things I, I thought I'd pass on. And I got another little tidbit, too. You're full of tidbits tonight. I am. What I is know a tidbit? you know the answer. What is a tidbit? Uh, Wait, is that related to the computer? So I got megabits and well, you know what a, you know what a tid is. Us. So I won't even tid. I tid, want tid, tid, not t i t t i t d. A tidbit, not a tidbit. Come on, tid t i d. That's like a Fitbit, a small t i d b i t t i d. Tid t i d. Where does it come from? Is it? What is it? Wait, what is it? It comes from the dust. The comes dust. from dust. It's a, it's a noun. Okay, it's like a Sean's in my ear. <laughs> oh, I like that. Okay. Tid a is small, a small piece of tasty food. A tidbit, yes. Small. Mm. Mm. Well. Like, ah. Oh, interesting that's item good. of gossip. That's is good what too. a tid is. No, it's tid. a tidbit. A tidbit, not just tid. Well, I'm just. No, I'm going through. Uh, You're going through tid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing I'm picturing Jerry the mouse now and Tom and Jerry. You know, tasty little morsels he's always going after, right? That's, so that's right. Good. That's a mouse. That's what <laughs> a mouse does. Okay, wait. Let me uh, let me uh, let me tell a little quick story. I uh, coached I coached a couple of high school kids in in uh, a very very good school, probably the best school in Northeast Ohio. <laughs> But I, you never wanted I to say Ignatius. <laughs> I know I didn't. That's that's why I can say what I said. This is at uh, St. Edward High School. Most people heard of that one. Uh, that's the one with that weird gang sign they have, right? The that's the, 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 <laughs> that's the side threes that they do. Okay. But I coached. I coached uh, a uh, a business, small business uh, coaching. Well, I coached the the, the small business uh, competition here, creating a small business. And they played off each other, and basically uh, the winning team won, won a scholarship. It was pretty good, a lot of fun. But one of the questions I asked them one day, this is the team about 18 very smart, entrepreneurish kids. Wait, did you ask them what a tidbit was? I, <laughs> I should have. <laughs> but I asked them what the annual sales of Apple Corporation is. And I got I got answers from... A couple of thousand dollars to trillions. And One million dollars. <laughs> it's like Dr. Evil, right? That's <laughs> uh, rubbing his hands, too, like that, like you just did. But the, the, the point I'm making, they were numbers all over the place, some outlandishly small, some outlandishly large. And the real answer is somewhere, not precise, I won't give precision because I don't have it, I got an estimate of about Apple is 240 billion, IBM for example is 80 billion. So that's annual revenues. And the point I'm making is that these are budding entrepreneurs and they had no real sense of dollars and really what what you know revenue they they understood the concept of revenue but big corporations and how many billions of dollars they roll around and do things with. I thought that was, I always thought that was very interesting because I think it applies to probably 95% of non-entrepreneurs and even many entrepreneurs. People just don't understand money and the concept and the expenses that, that are involved with running companies. They don't see it in the form of a profit and loss like we feel they should. 
Anyway, I'm just saying that for frame of reference tonight because we're going to talk about in our program, which is what we usually do, talk about about issues that involve our coaching clients. And tonight we want to talk about change, change in your business, significant change in your small business. How do you really address that? And what's the impact? Is there an impact? And do you even realize that sometimes you're dealing with significant change? And we'll contrast that to day-to-day operations, routine change, maybe less material, less less significant. But, uh, okay, with all that rambling around and with tidbits uh, you're good, you're being good. defined as a noun, <laughs> tasty morsel of something, we won't say what, <laughs> I want to introduce my... You introduced partner, me again? My long partner again, Adam right, I'm, I'm back here again. That's good. You got me to thinking. Our topic tonight ties in very well with that article, Jack. But I was listening to, to a program this morning where they're interviewing Adam Silver, who's the uh, the commissioner of the National Basketball Association. Well, he's got a long neck, doesn't he? He does, kind of like a <laughs> goose. He does. And Not an attractive man, I thought I'd add that. That's, hey, it's know, good it's that he's being on radio. We're so, talking to him about on radio. Well, how much... How much do you think the NBA spends per year? You're talking about this whole idea of, of, of rolling around different revenues and expenses of some companies. You know, what do you think the, exp- the annual expenditures of the NBA are? Oh, wow. Let's see. How many teams in the NBA? 30. And we're talking about uh, expenditures or revenues? Expenditures. You mentioned you know, the whole idea of all the expenses they have from right. player salaries and everything else you know, each year. Wow. 30 times uh, a billion and a half. I think each team spends a billion dollars. Wow. I think. Is that your final answer? That is my, fi- <laughs> that is my final answer. It's like a, I don't know what is. It's like a, who, wants, who wants to be a millionaire. Wait, right? uh, what, is, what, is, uh, what is 30 times uh, a billion? <laughs> oh, be- <laughs> a billion. That's forty-five billion. Or if you're doing the math at home, a billion and a half times thirty is forty-five okay, billion. Okay, all right. So 40, forty-five billion. No way. That's 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 uh, half of just about half of IBM. Can't be that much. I'll I'll whack it back down. I'll say uh, twenty twenty billion. <laughs> keep going. I'll go keep back whacking. to my. I'll keep go back whack- to <laughs> keep whacking. That's all right, we're at uh, he he quoted eight billion, so you weren't too far off. But it's good. Wait, who's he? Adam Silver, the, oh. the commissioner. He's talking about well, the, the he's fact got that the long neck. Well, because <laughs> the, the the topic came up because the, the the discussion had to do with how the NBA is now going to 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 uh, um, the twenty states that are approving gambling, how they're they're asking for one percent of whatever's gambled on the NBA games, you know, arguing, hey, we create this content, and here these folks are going to try to make money on it. You start explaining how you know we have you know we spend eight billion a year of expenditures between all the between all the salaries and the the promotions everything else that we do you know it, it's a pretty mm-hmm. large undertaking people don't you know maybe, maybe understand that and so there's a lot that goes into creating this content and yet these guys are taking it and making money off of it so for us to ask for one percent of it it's you know it's no different than somebody who goes into a casino and, and they hear music well people are being paid a royalty for that. The same kind of thing. He's making that kind of argument. So it was interesting as you're discussing this. It popped in my brain in terms of people don't think about that. Well, that's a good. That's a good. Uh, that's a good topic for basically another night. But 
You know, it. <laughs> that's that's how much your, money. That's your how confidence. Much, okay. How much money? I know. Oh, we're getting deep into it. We're getting deep into it. <laughs> that's okay. I just wanted to. I wanted to make that comment because as you're talking about this, this is this is good. So we're trying to set up our topic for tonight. We which, didn't do that, Chip. No, it's okay. We? We're we're tying it. So let me let me let me bring it back to that. So our topic for tonight. As you so properly stated, is how do we how do you make a significant change in your business? Wait a minute, you put a thought in my mind, I forgot it. So when <laughs> I remember it, it again, I'll <laughs> pop in. <laughs> so I'll put it back in. So how do you make a significant change in in your business? Okay, and as you're quoting off that article, Jack, in terms of why people go into business for themselves, that is a significant change in what they're doing. So if they're working a daytime job somewhere else, and then making that big dis, you know, decision to jump out and do their own thing. And that could be starting a company, it could be buying a company, could be, you know, but th- that's a significant change. So a lot of the things that we're talking about here, that we'll talk about here tonight in, in today's show, Jack, will touch on that as well. How do you go about doing that? Yeah, that's a pretty big change in, w- in what's kind of going on. So the article ties in very well to that. So that's a, that's a very good thing. Well, that's good. <laughs> so I'll bring us back on topic. So anyway, so we'll get into that and, and we'll share some stories about, as Jack said, we had a bunch of these things going on just in the last week alone for clients of ours. So we'll talk about what's significant, how do you define it, how do you, be, you kind of work your way through it to be able to move forward. So stay tuned for that. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. We are business coaches and we have a lot of fun doing it on WINT Radio. All right, we got more Dirty Secrets of Small Business coming your way here on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, com. All right, all right, all right, we're back at it live here in Dirty Secrets of Small Business Land. I'm your co-host, Adam Sonhalter. Hello, Adam. I'm Jack Mancini, and I'm right here with you, buddy. All right. So we've got a good topic tonight, a lot of fun to talk about. It's something that whether you're in business for yourself right now or you're thinking about going into business for yourself, this is a a, a topic for you, which is how do you make a significant change in the business? And I think we want to start off tonight and talk about, well, first of all, let me tell them how they can get a hold of us, Jack. I don't think I've told them that yet. Oh, so we're you know, like we are every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern here. We're live in the studio. So if you're listening to us live or if you're listening to us uh, on a recording and a podcast now, you can call us in again Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we have Sean sitting by tonight and he's been the one in our ear that helped us figure out what tidbits were here in the first segment. He's very helpful like that. Um, but you can reach us at 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468. So if you want to be part of the show, have some questions, react to what we're talking about. If you have questions for Sean, you can, you can reach us that way as well. And uh, email, that's always a good way too, radio at MaximumVP.com. And then you can tweet at us. Uh, for our company one, it's uh, at MaximumVP. If you want to tweet at Jack Mancini, you can do that at, at JackMMVP. And for me, you can tweet at me at, at Adam Sonhalter. All right, so let me just start with you know, to make a definition of significant because... There's that uh, popular phrase that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And, you know, Jack, I think the same thing could be said for significance and what defines something that's significant. Uh, Because, again, it's truly in the eye of the (coughs) beholder as far as what you view as being a significant, whether it be a significant change or significant event in your life. I agree. Like like so many words, they're very complicated, but yet we use them with with reckless abandon. How's that word? Reckless, 
abandon. That's yes. a good. That's a good phrase. <laughs> so, a very simple example. We were talking about this a little bit earlier as we're prepping for the show. Like from a technology standpoint. So if you talk to a millennial or I don't know what my kids are called. My kids are twelve and fifteen now. That's a different. That's. It's. <laughs> I can't say what Sean calls them. Anyway, so it's a. <laughs> Whether you're millennial or younger than millennial, or maybe if you get, if you get into the, to, to, to Gen X or Gen Y, but certainly with the millennials, the idea of technology, the idea of, of changing out a phone from one <laughs> phone to the next, whether it be up, upgrading to a, to a new phone, to the, to the newest model, or changing from a... From a rotary dial to, uh, to oh, an hold iPhone. Hold on, that's going, that's going to... Uh, <laughs> that's going to the greatest generation, isn't do, it? Do those or millennials understand what a rotary phone is? I had a discussion with my with my uh, my son and his girlfriend about that the other day, <laughs> trying to explain to them about being patient about if it takes a few seconds for something to update on a on a website versus what it used to be to have to have too many zeros in somebody's number on the rotary dial. I had to wait for the thing to kind of go all the way around and back around again, you know. <laughs> so help understand what that's going to be. But when it comes to technology and changing it, you know, so changing out and going from a droid phone to a, to an iPhone to to something else to a Google phone whatever it might be totally intimidating one of well, the worst experiences in anyone's life not for a millennial oh yeah no not for a millennial but for I a general gen, gen Xer like myself or for <laughs> a boomer or a boomer. Uh, or the greatest generation like uh, i think that's where you're, you fall in I'm right somewhere in the right right, right around the it could right be right around the line it could be <laughs> paralyzing right and we'll you know we'll we'll take months or even years before we make that change and it's often out of irrational fear or just not wanting to unlearn stuff but you know so for the, the older you get that can be viewed as more of a significant change where somebody younger the same exact change is not significant it's it's, it's like snapping their fingers it, 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 it's no big deal that's a very good point adam and very true yeah that's a good good description of significant so <clears throat> what do you do and uh, you know if you're if you're dating somebody, you know, we, you know, we haven't been dating for a long time, Jack. You know, you've been married for 40-plus years. I'm going to 20 years, and so it's been a while since we were dating. But you, know, you can remember back when we were dating, and you, you kind of had a sense it wasn't the right thing. But you know, changing often you know, it's, it can be significant. If you're dating for a few months or a few years, and to make mm -hmm. that change can be very daunting at times, even though folks often on the outside can see it. So if you maybe had some friends who were dating people, you could just tell it wasn't going to work out. And, some of them probably got married and the marriage didn't work out. But you could kind of tell almost very early on that they were just kind of settling for something, you know. But, again, the, the idea of making change often is not embraced the way it should be. And the higher the stakes, right, the more significant it's viewed as being, often the harder it gets. So I'm not a believer that people don't like change. I think it depends on what the change is and how it's viewed. You know, if, uh, if we said to Sean, hey, Sean, we're going to triple your salary. Wow. Sean's giving me a big thumbs up, right? Yeah, he likes that idea. A double thumbs up. All right. <laughs> so part of what's required for you to do that, though, we're gonna we're gonna be shipping you off to Iceland. Uh oh, he's shaking his head. Wait a minute. Now my son's a huge Iceland fan. All of a sudden, because the World Cup's going on, and he's convinced that, that Iceland's gonna win. And he was so excited when they tied Argentina the other day. <laughs> he's like, you know, he, you know, he's he's excited about it. So Sean went from being very happy at, at tripling of his salary. Don't Cry good for me, Argentina. <laughs> the truth is, I've never left you. Never that's, mind. Uh, I won't go. I won't keep that's, going. That's Ava Peron. For those of you who are not quite, you know, quite sure. <clears throat> that's right. I know that tune. It's we a have to have our. That's a that's a new new thing for us. We're going to karaoke about it. You know, at some point during the show. 
Either karaoke or we're going acapella. I guess it's more acapella, isn't it? Wow, that's one of, <laughs> it's one of those fancy pants words again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so change can be, can be a very positive thing. Tripling of the salary, and then it's very good. Versus then, in the next breath, I got to move to Iceland, which maybe you know isn't so good. So it's a matter how things are presented, and what often drives the change. And we've had a lot of discussions with clients about this recently, in terms of. So here, what, wait. So let, let me let me let me set it a little bit. Well, so on, you're, you're going through the whole first your, segment, didn't you? Don't you're I get going to talk through the second segment. You're going through your. <laughs> Your uh, day-to-day routines, making what would be normal routine decisions. And all of a sudden, we're faced with a significant one. So how do you do that? How do you do that? And what stories are you going to tell about our clients hitting significant changes where they have to make decisions differently? What's that feel like? What's that look like? It can be tremendously daunting. Some simple examples that you're asking about, what that might be. Sure. All right. How about changing your pricing? Long-time customers or people that have been there for a while and, and you, you discover that the pricing is way off and you're, and you're maybe not making money <coughs> or as much as you had hoped to make or thought you were making, so you got to institute some price increases. Sometimes they're significant where they might be not percentages, Jack, but m- might be multiples of the pricing. The whole process is significant, changing prices in your company. Right. Yeah, for everybody, even minor changes. That's a big deal. How about some changes to the organization in terms of you can look at it in terms of the overall organizational structure in terms of, hey, we've got folks doing some certain jobs. We've got to kind of change things around a little bit in terms of how we organize what's going on here. That could be somewhat substantial. Who's reporting to whom and who's responsible for what? Or we're going to be shifting some folks in and out of the organization or maybe shifting some box or shifting some people in different seats or, d- again, bringing in some new people. Okay, two good, people two good examples of significant changes. How about changing the focus of the business in terms of what you're providing? That's a big change. Yeah. I mean, that's offering a, a giant to to, change. To be able to offer some new, <coughs> perhaps, services or products that, you know, yeah, you, I think you gave this example a couple times in the show, Jack. You mentioned the article we read about Netflix probably five years ago. Yeah. Where they, yeah. Were, they were doing real well, and this is still when they were sending out uh, DVDs in the mail. But the the CEO could see it coming real quick where that was going to be changing due to on-demand desires. And the cable companies were, were doing it at that point only. You didn't have necessarily Hulu or you know the online version, Netflix or Amazon Prime, where things were on demand. And the, the, the Netflix CEO was very concerned. Uh, and instead of celebrating, hey, we're doing great and we're at an all-time high for the valuation, he was like, the sky is falling if you read this, the, 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 the interview with the guy. You that's know? right. To be able to that's see, right. hey, we've got to make some changes here and change what we're doing. And, and they have. And that's a big part of what has, you know, often has to happen with companies. They have to make some big changes because the marketplace is changing. And if you're not aware of it, eventually it's going to change to the point where maybe your service or product's not valued anymore, not valued at what it is, valued at, you know, at what it is today. And a good, a good CEO and, and his or her management team is going to be all over something like that. In other words, it's not just going to they come in one day in the office and call a meeting and talk about changing the direction of the company. Uh, it's like, well, a great example today is Ford Motor. Ford Motor is going to get out of the manufacturing of sedans. In other words, only SUVs and Ford trucks are going to be produced. And I think this starts as soon as 2020. 
Look at look at the change uh, of direction that means. It's going to downsize the revenue of the company. It's going to downsize the product line. Employment's going to be reduced. Impact on communities is going to be huge. Impact on bottom line is going to be huge. Revenues are going to be reduced significantly. I mean, that's a big deal. You don't get much bigger changes for companies than something like that. So what do you think happened? The, 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 the CEO yeah. or the board of Ford woke up one day and said, hey, we got to just stop doing these silly sedan things, Jack. Yeah, that they, sounds about how it. how it would be done, right? <laughs> <laughs> and by the end of the day, that's it, right? That's right. That's no, there right. were, and you know, given our backgrounds of working in corporate America early in our careers, we know how these things work. There were months and perhaps even years of studies and analysis and, and, and uh, different models being run to kind of see what was kind of going on, overall global trends that were being looked at, all kinds of data being studied to be able to support and decide. And at the end of the day... They don't know if they're going to be right or not, but they're making this this decision based on a lot of, and a lot of people getting involved, both people who are within Ford, and I guarantee you they hired some folks outside of Ford to be able to help with this, some oh, yeah. consultants perhaps, and some CPAs and whoever else to be to be able to run some numbers and you know, just to be able to kind of see what was going on and, and make their best prediction, looking in their crystal balls, Jack. Uh oh, those crystal balls again. There they come. They keep coming back. So yeah, all right. We're up against our second break here, which again keeps going quickly. So we, we've kind of set up a little bit more here in, the, in this segment. We've got a, a bunch more for us, the second half of the show. So you <laughs> want to stay tuned here more about how do you make a significant change in your business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. Boy, and I can't wait to hear how we're going to make significant changes in our business. All right. Well, we got more Dirty Secrets of Small Business coming your way here on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, WINTradio.com. Loves your mama, loves Jesus in America. Oh no! Guns <laughs> and Roses. Well, Paradise City, Jack. Give me an afternoon delight, though. So um, I'm your I'm your 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 local DJ Adam Sonhold with my co-host uh, Jack Mancini over there who's uh, he's doing good earlier today. We're 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 at our local uh, local Dairy Queen having a little treat and they have a they have songs playing. He's he's nailed them. What yeah, Jackson Brown. No, Jackson Brown, one of my favorites. And like who else did you nail? Uh, I don't remember. There's another one that came on. You knew right away. <coughs> It'll come to me. But anyway, so we're back here live. Talking about dirty secrets of small business and one of the Rod the, Stewart. Rod Stewart, there he goes. Came right around. That little guy. It's a little guy. How come all those guys are the little? Because they have a big presence on stage. You can be little and have a big presence on stage, Jack. Is they that can't right? tell. Oh, absolutely. Okay. All right. When you're up on stage, you look, you look big, so it's all right. <laughs> so we're talking tonight about how do you make a significant change in your business. Yes. I mean, we were framing in the last segment about how you know, how do you define what significant means. And giving some examples of what that might look like in terms of what might be going on in your business from having to change your pricing for what's going on in terms of what you charge customers, having to maybe increase prices quite significantly, to some changes in your organization in terms of what's kind of going on in terms of who's there, the overall structure, moving people in and out. Uh, Jack gave some great example about a recent change that Ford's making to, to stop making sedans and only focus on, on trucks and SUVs. Correct. Um, because they got rid of the minivan years ago, didn't they? I believe they did. Yeah. But they're so they're, they're and they yeah. and how do they go about making these changes? And that's part of what we want to talk about is how do you do it? And it can often feel 
very daunting, especially when you've got some more significant changes that are happening. And the stakes get raised. You know, so again, you know, do you go all in, you know, to use a poker term here, putting all your chips on the table where, you know, if I'm wrong, what's going to happen? And what's beautiful about a small company is you don't have to go through the rigmarole that a Ford motor does in terms of dealing with boards of directors and senior managers and also these levels of, of bureaucracy and red tape to get a decision made. But that said, you shouldn't also just wake up one morning and snap your fingers and make a significant change just to make a change. It should take some time to, to work through it, but there's a, there's a healthy balance. You know, one of the things that we often see, Jack, with significant changes is that, that, that famous phrase of analysis by, or paralysis by analysis. Wait, analysis, how's it go? Paralysis, paralysis by analysis. There you go. Thank you, Jack. You're paralysis welcome. by analysis. What does that mean? People spend so much time analyzing things, and it's something we're fond of saying. This has to do whether you're making a change, whether you're looking to, uh, to purchase a company, to do whatever it might be. You can always find reasons not to do something. Always. <clears throat> and most business owners, I'm sure, do that, find reasons not to do something. And that, that analysis that, that leads to the paralysis is often kind of going through some pros and cons of what could go well, what could not go so well. And one of the, the big reasons people, I think, go in, I think it was at number three, that kind of control your own destiny type thing on that reason for starting your own company, Jack. Yeah. Well, it's a big part of it. So when you're <clears throat> still in control, you can make some changes. If you don't make changes, and you can speak this as well as anybody, Jack, and you, you saw with the companies that, that, that you bought that were in trouble, they didn't make changes. They didn't make decisions. They kind of let things drag along to the point where all of a sudden they went from being the ones who were in control of making those decisions or making those changes to where outside forces came in. And whether it be you know, the, the, the bank and civil situations that came in and, and forced some changes or the IRS came in to force some changes, but there were outside forces. Eventually, if you don't make a change, if you, if you don't decide to make the change, the outside world, again, could be... Financial institutions for you, it could be the IRS, it could be vendors, it could be your employees, it could be your customers. But some folks are going are, are gonna to eventually make that decision for you. That's right. It goes totally out of your control. You know, those significant changes especially have to be made. And, you know, you, you as the owner have to do it. And so many fine reasons not to do it, keep putting it off until it becomes a problem with the company and the outside world starts to make those decisions for you. So we've been, we've been working hard. Uh, sorry, Jack. We've, no, we've, no, no, We've been on. working hard. With yes, the yes, yes, go on. <laughs> How come everyone says, no, 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 go on? It should be, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, go on. <laughs> All right. We've been working hard to try to boil down what we do and how we do what we do in our day jobs as, as business coaches. And it's very difficult to kind of boil things down to that. And as we try to... You to know, it really is. I mean, you can't underestimate how hard that is. We've been doing this together for 15 years, and we still don't know what we do. Well, <laughs> one of the things we, we do... We know what we do, but to explain it simply to somebody, it's hard. Right, to keep things simple. Well, but one of the things we do when it comes <clears> to a case like this, in terms of helping folks make a significant change, often what will happen is, as, there, as I mentioned, there, there's a lot of factors that somebody's going to usually consider during, during what's, uh, this change that's happening. So often we'll get uh, what I like to refer to as verbal diarrhea, okay, where people just want to talk things through a little bit. And you know, they have so many things on, on their mind. Then when it comes to us, it's been kind of built up, 
over you know since we saw him last, whether it be last week or a couple weeks ago, and all of a sudden it just comes flowing out. <laughs> there's there, there's no pauses and there's no breathing. It's like it's five or ten minutes of just verbal diarrhea. Okay, right. so it's all mm. boom. It's all here on the table. Okay, now what? We try to then make a little bit of clean this thing up and reorganize things a little bit in terms of try to help them get to focused to a certain extent, but to help them choose the next step because the again keep in mind that the whole analysis paralysis thing paralysis is i'm frozen i don't know what to do i'm not confident in making a move so i'm i'm stuck i want to keep thinking it over i want to keep not doing it for various reasons the biggest one is i'm afraid to make it because uh, primarily because of my my style or a style a behavior style They'll keep pushing it off, pushing it off, pushing it off until it's a bigger problem that could have been solved early on. So sometimes what you'll see when somebody's in this situation, I forget what those things were called. I don't know if it was a weeble wobble. You know those, those the blow-up things you know, I had when I was a kid that you know they'd be about four feet tall and they'd have like a sandbag in the bottom of them and you could hit them and they'd, they'd bob over. And then come back up right away, you know, because they had the sandbag bringing them back. You know, they'd be standing back up again. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about? You can kind of hit them. I know what you're talking All right. about. You know what those are called? Those. No. Okay. I'm going to call it a weeble wobble for lack of a better I'll look it up you know, maybe during the break what those are called. But, you know, here you are. You, you, you hit it. And that's part of what we do with the client. We kind of give them a little nudge, right? Give our clients a little nudge. And they'll they'll go to the side and then shoot, they pop back up into, into position kind of where they are. And you hit them over here, whoop, they pop back up again. And they had and those goofy faces painted <laughs> on, didn't they? Yeah, well, some, yeah, they had some, had some clowns or you could get ones that were superheroes or something like that, right? But, you know, the, the, the idea is that they'll, they'll kind of bounce here, they bounce there. And, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's it's hard to get them to move off. you got to hit them pretty hard to get to, to kind of... Haven't they banned clowns to, to, to from go. little kids' lives? <laughs> <laughs> I think they banned they banned clown costumes, haven't they, for like Halloween and that because yeah, it's too scary. Yeah. I'm sure weeble waffles are banned <laughs> in some houses and cultures. They might today. be. <laughs> but I'm trying to give the visual as far as you know how it can happen where all of a sudden you know they won't move. And so a big part of what we often have to do is let's give them let's take a step. Let's let's at least move because we can all agree that hey we shouldn't be where we are. So let's move right. in a direction. And. Um, I'm not a physicist, but I know I remember talking about the whole idea of inertia, and it's a very powerful thing. So if somebody's not moving at all, it's hard to get them moving. But once you get them moving, we can then start to move. And whether we're moving in the right direction or we have to kind of tack a little left or a little right to kind of adjust, but at least let's kind of get things moving because we know where we are isn't the right place to be. But they, people get stuck there all the time, all the time. And when it comes to making us significant change. Well, how do you do it? How do you make a significant change then consistently if you have a behavior style that doesn't naturally lend itself to that? How do you do it? Behavior mm-hmm. styles. Okay. Uh-oh, wait, fancy word? No, no. So uh, we talk about this a lot in the show. DISC. That's right. Right, D-I-S-C. <clears throat> and even for those who tend to be the most decisive in that, the, the Ds can suffer from this paralysis by analysis and delay things. But... The S's and C's are usually are, are naturally more slow at making decisions. Can really that's where they can grind to a total halt, where they just wait and they delay and they delay and they delay. So, what happens? So yeah, you, you, you have you have a case where where you have an employee who's just there and you're kind of holding on to the employee, hoping they're going to get better, hoping they're going to change. In fact, maybe you're hoping that that employee is going to come in one day and just quit. That's what people often would you know, hope for. 
I can avoid having to have that very uncomfortable, difficult conversation, having to terminate somebody, and they're going to come in and somebody just and just quit for me, make my job easier as the owner. But that usually doesn't happen that way. It can. There's ways to try to try to force it. I saw it in my early days in, on Wall Street at Bear Stearns, and they told me, hey, you know what, we've, we've never fired anybody. I was very impressed by that. Sounds like, like the government. Well, then I got in there and realized what happened was they put you on all the worst projects and beat the crap out of you, not physically, but you know, emotionally and mentally, and you eventually people would, would eventually quit if they weren't happy with what's kind of going on. So they technically wouldn't have fired anybody at that point. Sort of an auto, auto uh, elimination there. That's pretty good to do it that way. Well, that's what people will, people will, will do. It. They'll avoid that confrontation or avoid making that choice directly. They'll do it by hoping people just quit. They'll move them around to, 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 to different spots. That's a ways to do it. But mm -hmm. understanding what your style is going to be is understanding, hey, if I'm naturally a slower decision maker as an SRC and I want to gather more information or I'm afraid of making a mistake, that's the biggest thing to kind of that will stop the S's and C's. I have, I have a big, because they'll be afraid of making even little mistakes on smaller less significant decisions or changes. So, so how do you make a good decision? How do you make a decision relative to significant events? What do you got to do? Well, I think, first of all, you got to find somebody to talk to about it. That's a very helpful thing to do. So if you have a partner in the business, that can be very helpful to get a couple minds working on this versus just being machinations going through your own mind of trying to figure things out. So if you can get some help, start internally. Again, a partner, key, key management team is part of it. If you can get some outside help that's a little bit more objective, who aren't as emotionally tied to what's kind of going on, because often our, our emotions can cloud our visions a bit when it comes to making a decision or being able to properly see the current situation and what's kind of really going on and what, what we should be doing with it. It could be very obvious to somebody on the outside who isn't clouded with that same that same emotion. So I think finding somebody outside can be very, very helpful. So if you have a, a key outside person you go to, it could be a mentor that you talk to, it could be a, could be a coach, it could, um, could be an attorney, it could be a good, uh, a good friend of yours, it could be a business group that, that, that you're part of. But to have some folks that you can kind of present your thoughts to to help you think through and, and, and be able to make the case, it's often very obvious to them pretty quickly what should get done. And it's a matter of figuring out how do I go about doing it. But to make that decision first, here's what I want to do. To do something different. To make some sort of a change. Makes perfect sense. Absolutely. So one of the things, and maybe you got it, maybe you're going to talk about it in the last segment, but gathering information. That's uh, very necessary. But not infinite information. That's the paralysis that you were talking about. But gathering information... <coughs> is is an integral part of making a significant decision has to be primarily if it's going to impact cost the morale or or culture of the company or revenues or big time customer changes um, you, you have to have some financial perspective at least to do it right and we like to talk about doing it right rather than just doing it well it comes down to two things jack and i think <coughs> and it comes to knowing yourself and uh, there's two things you got to know about yourself and I'm going to touch on that when we come back from break. Stay tuned. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we're going to learn about getting in touch with ourselves, aren't we? <laughs> we are. We got, we got more dirty secrets of small business coming dirty, your way. Dirty secrets. <laughs> Here on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online 
FWINTradio.com. down a dream here tonight with little Tom Petty. That's uh, very appropriate in terms of making some significant changes, and it ties in very well to the two things you got to know about yourself, Jack. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. I can't wait to learn what I need to know about myself. You ready, Jack? I'm ready. All right. So what motivates you to make changes? Is it avoiding pain or seeking pleasure? Wow. That's a good question. Which one is it? Both. But I would say if I had to give one, it's avoiding pain. And I think if you, if you look at different studies that have been done, that, that appears you know, from most studies I've seen, Jack, that's the majority of the way people will, will act. Yeah. Even though we tend to chase pleasure a lot, when it comes to making some significant changes, that avoidance of pain, and... It can be current pain or potential future pain. And it's a very important thing that we try to, to decipher when, when we're coaching somebody because often, again, getting stuck you know, where you can't move them, off the, you know, move them off the dime, you have to try to figure out what's going to do it. And to focus on a potential fantastic future of that pleasure, here's, here's what you're going to be able to achieve. Ch- you know, running down that dream like Tom Petty's talking about. Hey, we're chasing that dream. I, 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 I can achieve that. Versus, hey, I'm going to avoid... If it's something negative, I'm going to avoid, you know, we always talk to people about, hey, you know, do you feel if this doesn't go well, you're going to be living underneath a bridge somewhere in a cardboard box? Yeah. And what, we, what we, negative images do you have in your mind? My, my spouse is going to divorce me. My kids are going to hate me. Uh, you know, I'm going to be uh, totally embarrassed and, and my reputation ruined. And whatever those negative or positive things are going to be, what's going to be driving you to make that change? And we got to tap into that. Because that's going to be a tremendous fuel. Because often making that change, having those difficult discussions, or making those those tough decisions can be very difficult without having that fuel to help keep moving that thing along. Where you're trying to you know avoid that very painful situation or really achieve that very pleasurable situation. Yeah. Okay. I can buy into that. I see those choices as as uh, framing a, a very good, uh, quick two-sided decision tree there. That basically. Yeah, I think I could see most people wanting to avoid pain. So let me let me reveal a, a, a dirty little secret here since we're on the dirty secrets of small business, Jack. Okay, I thought I, you did already. I got, okay. We got all kinds of dirty secrets, right? All right. All right, so <laughs> one of the, the, the top responses we'll get from clients of ours after they finally made a significant change like this Let's oh, say, hey, that's Jack. A, that's almost an easy one. What? Almost an easy one. Almost an easy one. That is an easy one. Almost an easy Let's one. Let's say, hey, Jack. I wish I would have done this sooner. You got it. That's Why right. did you let me wait so long to do this, right? They, they, they say with the kind of a smile. Because they know it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't from a lack of it wasn't us cajoling and pushing. And if it wasn't for us, they probably still wouldn't have made that decision. That's correct. Right? That's correct. And it's funny, though, that... They'll catch themselves. And you know, one of the things we've talked about, I know, numerous times in this show, but I think it bears repeating here. When it comes to people, if you find yourself talking negatively about somebody in your organization, you're constantly complaining about things that they're doing or not doing or the ways that they approach things, you find yourself, catch yourself 
week after week, month after month, where it's a lot of negative discussions, to where the, the comments you're making about somebody, the negative ones outweigh the positives by a factor of 3 to 1, 5 to 1, 10 to 1, whatever it might be. It's a sign that you got to make some changes. That's right. So maybe it doesn't mean that they have to be removed from the organization, but they certainly may need to be moved within the organization to a different role because the role that they're in isn't working or perhaps they're overwhelmed. Well, I'm, I'm coming back to the question of how do you make changes? So we talked about getting information, gathering good information, and what else? There was a second one. Actually, there was well, some outside help or talking to people internally, also being aware of yourself. In terms of disc, we mentioned earlier, in terms of your, your behavior style, what, what's your natural style like? Because under stress and pressure, which is what, what you're going to feel when you're making a significant change, you're going to feel that stress and pressure. And then talking about whether pain or pleasure is going to be a driving factor for you. So you try to get those things down. And, and I think setting a deadline is also key, too. And that's something that we've learned a lot, especially with the S's and C's of the world. If you set a deadline, it helps to cut things off at a certain point. So whether it be a week or a month, or a quarter, you sort of set a deadline in terms of, hey, I, I want to be able to make a decision on this by X time. Because yeah, I think you were mentioning you know, in the last segment, Jack, about gathering information. Right. You're never going to have 100% of the information. You're never going to have it. I can guarantee, Jack, that if you make this choice, it's going to work no matter what. You're, you're not going to get that guarantee, whether it be in life or in business. But you can certainly get things weighed as, hey, this is, this is a good way to go. Well, most, most changes, significant changes, have a financial impact or a, a personnel or personal impact of some type and kind. And it's, it's narrowing or gathering the information focused on those two categories that becomes important. And if, if it's pulled together and it's factual and it's framed, the problem itself is framed and the objective for for taking this action uh, is framed, then the decision becomes fairly easy, if that's the right word. Because you've got enough information that says, here's the impact, I have to do it. You know, you, you've justified yourself. You justify to yourself the things that are going to make this change. So Ford, using them as an example again, decided that the sedans are not profitable enough for the trouble, if you will, to support that, both in labor, both in equipment, both in cash flow in terms of materials and, uh, you know, the support, the administrative support for all that. All those costs known as fixed and variable are going to go away, and they're going to have an impact on the company, both favorable and non-favorable, because there's a big investment in Ford, and in fixed costs, big plants and equipment that they build over the years to produce those sedans. Somehow, that, that's going to be impacting the, the current financial results for sure. Anyway, the point is, without getting into detail, it has a significant cost impact. And it's going to change the culture of the company, which is well over 100 years. They've been making sedans since the day one of, of Ford Motor Company. And now they're getting rid of it. Well, what are they going to do to replace that? Uh, you know, who knows? There's, there's some futuristic thinking in there that very few of us understand or know. And a lot of companies, I think, are going to be going through that. Significant change. If the stuff you're doing, I don't care how long you've been doing it, if it isn't throwing off profits for you now or if it's starting to slow down, 
you have to make changes in your company. And downsizing them is okay, too. To downsize your company, and I'm not just talking layoffs, I'm talking about literally reducing the the annual revenues and all the costs associated with that. So you get smaller, then you regroup and you come back up the ladder if you show to, so desire. But that's kind of how, in a nutshell, that you you gather data for significant change or to, to determine what uh, support you need for significant change. So we were talking before about some outside help being able to, to, to reduce the emotion because they're, they're more objective. The, the, the financial analysis you're talking about, Jack, in terms of putting things in numbers helps to do that as well pretty well. And it comes down to the choice. And again, if I ask you a very simple question, would you choose to lose money in your business on purpose? Now, there are certain circumstances where you would for a period of time. You'll, you'll make an investment. You'll, you, you'll plan to lose money for a month Correct or for though. a quarter or for a year, but you're going to plan to lose money because it's going to be able to make an investment to lead to something else. But most people aren't thinking about it that way. They'd say they're hoping and wishing it's going to turn or change. We're saying, let's, let's lay out what that plan looks like. At what point do we start to then make money again? What do we have to do to make money again? The, the, the key with the, with the financials isn't putting the spreadsheet together that's going to show something. It's to drive activity. So we can put numbers together, and, and you know, I can make a spreadsheet say about anything you want it to say, and anybody who's good with numbers like that can too. But the activity that's going to be driven from that what choices do we have to make to make this make these numbers a reality? That's a big part of what you want to be able to do, and to keep objective, and it, it helps to add fuel to that fire as well. Hey, we're going to be able to do this because it's help us achieve that great pleasure, or it's going to help us avoid that pain. If we don't make these choices here, all of a sudden, hey, where I thought we were going to lose money for a quarter, now all of a sudden it's going to be two quarters, or it's going to be four quarters, right? And I want to make sure I don't have the, I don't have enough money to lose money for four quarters. So what do I do about that? So be able to make those changes, and you know, Jack, you and I are, are always amazed how people do it without having insight like that to to, to look at the numbers to see what the financial impact is going to be. Because most people are really flying blind like that. Oh yeah, big big percentage. What would you guess? Seventy five percent of small businesses fly blind. That's a pretty accurate description, Jack. From yeah. our experience, I would say yes. Or they're doing some very crude back of the envelope type math where you know it's not necessarily right because they're missing some stuff. <laughs> Let me c- come back to an earlier comment we were making. I was trying to figure out what those things were called. The the, the Weebles are actually the, the, the little desktop things. You'd, you'd whack them, and they'd jump across the table, right? I mean, I know a and guy. His name is Charlie. They, they keep calling him Weeble. Yeah, but he's Weeble. He's got an I in there. So W-E-E-B-L-E, which is Weebles. <laughs> he's W-E-I-B-L-E. But the Weebles wobble. They're just called Weebles. The, I know, those little guys in the The Weebles wobbles where they don't fall. Right? They have a goofy <laughs> smile on their face, too. That's right. So I'll look. I'll, I'll try to find what the the uh, <laughs> the name of those punching bags are. But okay. Not, but but they aren't called Weeble Wobbles. The, the Weebles are the little guys. But I'll put that on our show notes as well. But uh, all right. Well, <laughs> we'll hear Charlie Weeble. <laughs> Charlie Weeble well, there too. It'll be good. I'll yeah, like that. Talk about the mispronunciation of his nose. There we go. Name. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we are. We're, we're, we're All right, up. I'm, I'm done. sure our I'm audience is, is happy. They're hoping they have as much fun as we are with today's show, Jack. All right, um, invite you to tune in every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. We're here. If you want to get a hold of us in between, you can email us at radio at maximumbp.com or give us a call, 877-849-0670. Again, 877-849-0670. miss any part of the show, you can get us on iTunes and the podcast. Please leave a review there. Go to our website, MaximumVP.com, radio shows, or WINTradio.com, their archive show. 
And you learn more dirty secrets of small business next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. And thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 1015 FM, and online at wintradio.com.